get right straight into it. Let's just say I have a reputation. <laughs> so we'll go straight into the Word of God. Our text for this Good Friday evening shall come from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 17. And Romans chapter number 5. And I shall read all the way to 19 for us to appreciate the context of it. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gifts of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the men will be made righteous. Now, this text that, that we just read is part of one of the most important passages in Scripture. Romans chapter number 5, verses 12 to 21. Uh, Romans chapter number 5, verses 12 to 21. I'm sure most of you know it clearly lays out uh, the doctrine of um, federal headship and the church fathers particularly Augustine uh, relied mainly on this text to to understand uh, to have an understanding of the doctrine of original sin that all of us were born sinners were born sinners from Adam as a result of Adam's sin all men has been born in sin. And Romans chapter number 5, verses 12 to 21, it shows this contrast between Christ and Adam. Christ is the second Adam. Um, it shows how Adam, when he fell in the garden, his disobedience brought death to all men, and how Christ, the second Adam, made a reversal of that and brought life as a result of his obedience, which is um, his sacrificial, sacrificial death on the cross. So, verse 17, it gives the same um, contrast between these two men. The death which reigned as a result of one's trespasses, as verse 17 lays, and the reign in life which comes through the gift of abundance of grace and free, free gifts of righteousness that we receive in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul makes it plain in this text, verse 12, in, on, in verse 12, uh, in verses 19 to 21, that the effects of these two men, two men's action, are universal. He makes it plain that the effects of these two men's actions there 
grand, they have a huge impact. The Apostle Paul views what happened um, in the death of Jesus Christ, uh, which is his obedience, is the, as a huge um, um, event, as a huge event which changed the order of things, as it were. Um, I like to refer to it as a cosmic shift. It, it, is, it just means a major universal change. That is what is happening there. Um, the Apostle Paul views what happens um, as a result of Christ's death um, is something that is huge, is something that is, is something that is big. He's pointing, he's pointing his audience to the fact that something big is happening here. Big things are happening here. And the Apostle Paul uses this universal language to draw his audience to this. And I hope to do this as well this Good Friday evening. I hope to draw you to see this huge picture that the Apostle is trying to paint. I pray that you see, uh, you see it that way as well. So please walk with me as I narrate this. And may I draw you to the title of my sermon this evening. It's the death of death in the death of Jesus Christ. In order for me to explain this text, I'll briefly explain what this reign of death, which verse 17 lays out, which is brought about by Adam's disobedience means and its effects. And then I'll proceed to show a contrast um, in a similar manner as Paul did in this text, showing the reign of la in life which comes about as a consequence of Christ's obedience, which is his suffering unto death on the cross. So, verse 17a reads, For if by one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. What does this mean? What does this verse mean? And to illustrate this to you uh, this, mom, uh, this evening, I want to recite a poem by the Zimbabwean philosopher, Felix Nazombe. <laughs> so I uh, listen uh, to, to this uh, special piece uh, carefully. It reads, Have you read the story of one created in glory? How through his sin it ended sorry, all because he chose to believe Satan's folly. All that follows is agony. All that ensues is disobedience, is misery. Because, because God's plan for man he rejects, his rebellion only led to death. Who can rescue God's most glorious creation? Only the Son of Man can through his death bring redemption. Amen. Yeah, I, I told some folks uh, recently that I'm musically uh, talented. They, they doubted me. How about that now? Mm. 
haters are going to hate, uh, as they say. Um, to those who listened to uh, a sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago, the poem that I wrote down and just recited is a spin of, um, I just did a spin of Frederick Nietzsche's God is Dead quote, in which he perceives the horrors, the chaos that comes upon the world as a result of what he tames the death of God. And I want to say, this evening that his diagnosis of what is wrong with the world is wrong. It is not the death of God which brings death to the world. It is not the death of God which brings death to the world in chaos. No, God is not dead. He, he is alive. It is the death of man which has brought about untold suffering and corruption that we see in the world. All these uh, corruption and evils that we see in our world are all effects of the fall. And I want us to listen carefully to what our confession says, the London Baptist Confession of Faith, chapter 6 of the fall of men, sin and punishment thereof. Paragraph 2 reads, Our first parents by this sin fell from their original righteousness in communion with God, and we in them were by whereby death came upon all, all becoming dead in sin and wholly defiled in all the faculties and parts of soul and body. This is what the confession says, that because of the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, all death came upon all men. We, we became dead in our sins and we are wholly defiled in all faculties, in, in the mind, uh, all parts of the soul, all parts of, of the body. So even, if, even though our culture is um, screaming, God is dead, please listen to this preacher man. God is not dead, he is alive, it is man that is dead. That is the problem that we had as human beings. And not only does our confession states this, but there are a number of texts that allude to this in scripture. Romans chapter number 3 verse 23, it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Men sinned, they were separated from, um, from God, they fell away from God. They fell short of the glory of God. Romans chapter number 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Even Romans chapter number 5, verse 19, that we read earlier, because of man's disobedience, death came into the world. Genesis chapter number 3, verse 22 to 24, because Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God barred them from the garden. There were two angels that were barring them from eating of the tree of life. And There is a passage in the Bible, uh, in the Gospels, where Jesus himself tells one of his disciples that um, when he went to ask him that my father just died, I need to go and bury him. Jesus told his disciple that let the dead bury themselves. 
In John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus says that um, a time comes when the dead shall hear um, the voice of God and shall come to life. And that, that time is upon you now. He was referring to the people within his day, within his context, as dead. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 1 to 3. Let me just read it quickly. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. And you were dead in the trespasses, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at the wake in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great life with, with which he had loved us, even when we were dead in our trespass, made us alive together with Christ. So we can see from this text that man in his natural state is dead. He's, he's a rotten corpse. Um, and how do you see these effects? How do you see this reign of death that is being mentioned in Romans chapter number 5, 17a, that because of one man's trespass, death reigned? And um, Apostle, I want us to know that Apostle Paul does a brilliant job of detailing how this plays out in Romans 6 to 8, uh, chapter 6, all the way to chapter 8. And one of the first effects that, he, that we are shown from Scripture that shows that death reigns because of one man's trespass is the fact that um, sin reigns, is the fact that we become slave to sin. Apostle Paul makes the point that sin reigned in death in Romans chapter number 5, verse 21. Romans chapter number 6, verse 17 says that you were once slaves to sin. One of the signs that someone is not a believer and that they are dead in their trespasses is that sin reigns in their life. They are enslaved to sin. They cannot stop sinning. It's in their nature. It shows that you are dead in your trespasses. The second uh, effect, the second um, effect of this reign of death is the fact that the law condemns you. Romans chapter number 8 verse, so, verse 7 says that um, the natural man, man in his natural state hates the law of God. You are guilty. You are under condemnation. Um, there's a handwriting which speaks against you. Um, the third um, effect um, of this reign of death is, um, is that man's whole being as the uh, confession puts it is dead. Man's whole being is dead his body, his soul, all his faculties are dead. And 
Paul in Romans chapter 7 describes his body as a body of death. Men's faculties are dead, they are alienated from God, as Ephesians says. Um, Romans chapter number 1 says that a man, because of his idolatry, has been given over to a debased mind which does shameful things. That's why you get all the things such as homosexuality, LGBTQ, uh, this animal behavior that we see in our culture. It is because that man is dead. It is because that man, his faculties have been alienated from God. His well-being is dead. And because of this, he follows the devil, um, as Ephesians chapter 2 puts it, that um, he's under the power of the prince of the air. He follows the course of the world. And that is what happens when you're not in Christ, when you're dead in your trespasses. You cannot resist the desires of your flesh. You cannot resist the devil's ages and temptation. It's because you are dead. Satan has you on a leash. He easily influences you. And that's your nature. That's your nature. That's your nature when you're not in Christ. The devil easily sways you. Yes, influence over you. The devil knows your name and you know his voice. You follow where he suggests. The reason why you do shameful things it is because you are a child of Satan. And the fourth thing that happens is the result of this reign of death. This death that came to all men as a result of Adam's sin is that man in his natural state is under the wrath of God. As Ephesians 2 verse 3 says, by nature you are a child of wrath. The wrath of God is upon you. His judgment is upon you. Not only do you hate God, but God himself hates you. That's what Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says. We're enemies of God. If you are dead in, your, in the trespasses of your sins, if you are not in Christ, you are an enemy of God. God hates you. But friends, allow me not to end with this stark and bad news on this Good Friday evening. Uh, uh, in case some of you get scared. <laughs> Because um, just as Paul gave a contrast in Romans 5, in our text of this evening, Romans 5 verse 17, Apostle Paul um, also gave a contrast in Romans chapter number 2, verse, uh, in Ephesians chapter number 2, which we read earlier. In verse 4, he says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So even though we were dead in our trespasses, uh, even as we are singing earlier, that our sins are many. But even though we were in such a case, even though we were in such a state, God being rich in mercy, he made us alive. Because of his great love for us, he made us alive in Christ. That is the 
good news that we um, we are here for. That is the good news of Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. That even though we were in such a stark position, even though we were dead in our trespasses, even though our whole being was corrupted, even though we were slaves to sin, even though we were slaves to unrighteousness, even though we were under the power of the Prince of the Air, God made a plan of salvation. And that plan of salvation is the reason why we are gathered this evening celebrating. And that plan of salvation is none other than Jesus Christ. He made us alive in Christ. And how does he do this? Um, God in Jesus Christ destroyed death and all its effect on men through the death of his son Jesus Christ on the cross. That is how God dealt with death, the death that had come upon all men. He sent his son to die on the cross for sinful men so that he would bring them to life. That's what Easter Friday is about. That's what Good Friday is about. Through the death of Christ on the cross, God defeated death. And I just want to highlight a couple of scriptures to show what this means. What does this mean? How, how does God defeat death on the cross? What does it mean to you as a believer this evening? That death has been defeated. What does that mean to you as a believer this evening? To Apostle Paul, this means um, in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, he says that I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives. The life that I live in the flesh, um, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Romans chapter number 6 verse 3, it says that all those who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. If you believe in Christ this evening, you have union with him. That means you have been joined into him, into his death, burial, and resurrection. When he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, if you believe in him, you also died on that cross. The life that you live now, you were crucified with him on the cross. The life that you live now, you live by his faith. When he rose, you also rose. And you are now seated with, together with him in heaven, in places, at the right hand of the Father. And why does this matter? Why does this matter? We spoke earlier about the death the first man brought. Most people seem to know about that more. That the life, the reign of life which the second man brought about. What are the effects of the death of the second man? Of Christ, the second Adam. What does this rainy life which comes about as a result of his obedience, his death on the cross, mean? And this is how Apostle Paul um, sees it. Since you have died with Christ, you are joined to Christ in his death. The first point is that you are dead to sin. That's what Romans chapter number 6 verse 1 to 3 says. Let me just quickly read it. 
What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? What that means is that if you are a Christian, if you are joined to Christ in his death, you cannot continue living in his in sin anymore. You are dead to it. That's what the death of Christ means. First John says that um, he that is born of God does not sin. He does not continue to make a practice of sin. Because you are born of God, you are dead to sin. You are dead to sin and you are alive to Christ. Sin no longer have a foothold over you. Just like um, you were before you came to Christ, sin had a reign over you. You were a slave of sin. You could not help it by its sin. You were easily swayed by the lustful desires of your flesh. But because Christ died and you believe in him, you have been baptized into his death and you also dead. You and your sinful passions, you died with him. So the Apostle Paul says, May it not be. God forbid. Can we continue to sin after having been um, in Christ? How can those that are dead to sin continue to live in, live in it? It's impossible. That's what the death of Christ means. And the second thing is that uh, you are now a slave of righteousness. Romans chapter number 6 Verse 17 to 18. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the sound of teaching which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. I'm seeking human terms. Um, let me end them. Before you were in Christ, the things that you do, you, you, were a, you were a slave of unrighteousness. You were a slave of sin. You were a slave to your own passions. But because now you are in Christ and you are joined in his death, because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, because you died with him on the cross, you are now a slave of righteousness. You are now set free. Um, you are now free in regards to righteousness, as Romans 6 verse 20 says. Before you were in Christ, you hated the law of God, but now you delight in it. God has removed that heart of stone. It has given you a heart of flesh. And the third thing that happens is the result of the death of Jesus Christ. It's, you are now released from the law. That condemnation, that handwriting, that was written against you. The Bible says in Colossians chapter number 2 verse 15. He erased the handwriting that spoke against us. He nailed it to the cross. That handwriting that says you are guilty. That accused you. You have been freed from it. And unlike sinful men. Unlike men that is dead in their sin. You now hate uh, you no longer hate the law, but you delight in the law of the Lord. You love it. 
Um, you meditate upon it day and night, as Psalm 1 says. It's no longer a burden. You delight in the law of God. And fourthly, what happens as a result of the death of Christ, um, which um, destroys that reign of death that we mentioned earlier, is the fact that um, the devil has been defeated. Hebrews chapter number 2, verse 14. Let me just quickly read it. Hebrews chapter number 2, verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death, through death, through his death on the cross, he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So the devil has been defeated. Remember, friends, as I pointed Ephesians 2, it says that because you are dead in your trespasses of your sins, you follow the power of the prince of the air. The devil held you on a leash. But now, because Christ died on the cross, the devil has been defeated. Christ, through his death, defeated the one that has power, that had power over death. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15 says that he made a public spectacle of him. He shamed him when, through his death on the cross. He disarmed the principalities. The devil has been defeated, friends. All the principalities um, that subjected us to slavery, to lifelong slavery, have been defeated. And friends, the effects of these, the effects of this reign uh, in life that comes about uh, as a result of the death of Jesus is that now you can fight sin. Now you can fight sin. No longer are you comfortable with your sin. It's impossible for you to do that if you're a Christian. You're dead to sin and you're alive to Christ. You can modify the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. Because the Spirit of life is new. You have been delivered from the body of death, as Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, 24. When he cries, what a wretched man I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Praise God for the victory that is in Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus died on the cross you have been delivered from the body of death. And even as Romans chapter number 8, uh, verse 1 says, you now have liberty. You are no longer under condemnation. You have been set free. The spirit of life in Christ in you has set you free from the spirit of, law, from the, spirit of the law of death. That's what Romans chapter number 8 verse 1 says. You are no longer under condemnation. And friends, most importantly, you are no longer an enemy of God. You've been reconciled to God. You, um, you have peace with God as Romans chapter number 5 verse... Romans chapter number 5 says... 
And also, there's also an, a fulfillment that will look long term. The death that was brought about by the first man brought on mortality to men, that men uh, now die because of the death of Adam, um, or because of the sin of Adam. But because Christ died on the cross, we have a hope for resurrection because Christ resurrected. He not only died, but he rose from, 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 from the dead. Apostle Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, If my hope in Christ was only for this life, I'll be of more men most miserable. But our hope in Christ is not only for this life, but even for the life to come. 1 Corinthians uh, 15 um, quotes Isaiah 25, which uh, mocks death and says, Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Because he understands what happened when Jesus Christ died on the cross. He defeated death on the cross, friends. And this evening, if you do not believe in Christ this evening, please may you desist from calling this Good Friday. Because I'm afraid to break it down to you. It isn't. Do not be deceived. Do not even be tempted. It's far from good for you. In fact, let today be a re reminder of how things really are stuck for you. How things really are bad for you. You are dead in your trespasses of your sins you are still a slave to your own sinful passions you are still a slave to your fleshly desires you still cannot resist the devil's temptation and ages you are such Satan's disciple you are easily swayed by his devices and temptations you are by nature a children of wrath And the full cup of his wrath, it rests above your head. You are an enemy of God. Forgive me for, uh, for using this language, but God hates you. God hates you. If you do not believe in Christ, this is not, um, this is not good news for you. And this same God that hates you holds you over the fairy furnaces of hell. You are really under his wrath. You are under his curse. You are cursed by God. You are under his judgment. Verily, verily, I say unto you, you are in trouble. Please may you know that you are, you are dead in in sin, you are, you, are, you are a rotting corpse, you are a walking zombie. That's what you are.
And this day we are celebrating Good Friday. It's a perfect day for you to, to repent of your sins, turn away from your sins, and believe in Christ for the salvation of your soul. God poured out his wrath upon his son. God killed his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. So that um, when you believe in him, um, you don't have to, to, to pay the price for your sins. Christ died as a substitution, substitution for, for you. Only if you could believe in him this evening. If you believe in him, you'll be reconciled to God. You will have peace with God. God will um, bring you to life and um, pass you from judgment. This good news that I'm sharing with you this evening, that Christ died on the cross for you, is the good news that God uses to bring dead people back to life. This gospel that I'm sharing with you this evening. Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter number 116, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power that God uses to bring people back to life. You cannot bring yourself to life. It is God that does this. And if you hear this gospel, this Good Friday evening, may you please believe the gospel. I plead you by the mercies of God to believe this good news. Um, Romans 1 verse 17, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. If you believe in Christ, you will live. God will make you alive in Christ. Amen.